0: hello everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of topic thunder Thunder. here from the top 10 show i am uh, john roca
1: and i am matt nost and we are here to do another edition of topic thunder john how does it work
0: it works like this our patrons at the five dollar and above level which you can join to be a patron at www.patreon.com slash The top 10, the number 10 there, and go be a part of that. $5 and above get to send in their questions, thoughts, and comments over email. The email address is in the Patreon, and only the people at the $5 and above level get access to it. They send in. We don't read these questions, thoughts, or comments. We read them on the air for the first time and react to them honestly as we read them, and that's how it goes. Matt, I think
1: you're starting us off. What do we got? I am. We have. uh, This comes from Tim Williams. And he says, uh, good day Matt and John, hope you're uh, you, you've had a great day. Fellas, I want to talk about movie soundtracks. Do you think we have lost the greatness that once was the movie soundtrack? Wow. I'm not talking scores, just the mainstream movie soundtracks. Movies where songs we actually were actually made for the specific movie. I miss watching the music videos with clips of the movie sprinkled in. I even liked when you had the stars of the movie be in the videos. Guns and Roses, You Could Be Mine from T2 mm. comes to mind. Uh, the video uh, had the band playing a gig while Arnold as the T-800 walking through the crowd. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, movie soundtracks and songs and movies were a central part of movies. I had Top Gun, Dirty Dancing, Spotting, Pulp Fiction, just to name a few. Looking at my collection, the last one I purchased was Romeo Must Die. That was 20 years oh, yeah. ago. There's been movies since with some good soundtracks, but nothing with multiple cracking tracks, in my opinion. The Guardians is one that sticks out uh, for today, but that was a collection of old hits. Not really any original songs made for the movie. Or maybe I'm just an old shit who shakes his fist at the young people's music today. (laughs) It's personal choice, so there's no right or wrong. But I don't think for me those old soundtracks will be top. So my question is, or are, what is your favorite soundtrack? What's the last one you purchased? Doesn't have to be physical media what's one song if you hear it takes you directly to that movie and are we are gone of the days of iconic soundtracks with hit after hit mm. are we gone of the days I guess Thank are the Tim days Williams. gone I
0: guess he's saying are those days yeah. gone okay
1: uh, Tim Williams
0: <sighs> okay
1: it's a lot to digest alright uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite soundtrack
0: that is really really tough I guess footloose would be my favorite soundtrack from top to bottom, because I like just about every song on there. And that's the way I kind of do that. Like top gun is in the conversation. Uh, Grease, I guess is in the conversation too, but that's more of a musical. So I don't really count that. Uh, And Pulp Fiction is a fantastic sound. Even the crow Mm -hmm. is a fucking great soundtrack from the nineties. But I think consistently from the first song to the last song, Footloose is probably my favorite soundtrack because I can listen to it back to back to back to back.
1: What about you? Yeah, I don't, I've never owned a sound. Well, Paul, I think what? Forrest, Gump, Forrest Gump might be the only soundtrack I ever owned. Really? Well, because I, I already had all those tunes on other stuff. Oh, gotcha. Unless it was very specifically for that. And then I would just try and get like the single cassette or something when I was a kid. Right uh but i rarely bought the entire sound because somebody else would and then i'd listen to it and be like i, I like a third of this <laughs> i've done that a bunch of times where you're like oh it's got you know three or four songs from that movie and then you listen to the soundtrack and it's flushed out to 12 and right. you're like yeah i like three or four songs on this soundtrack um i got burned by that a couple times i mean the last score that i bought was uh tron legacy or no tron. oh yeah yeah the first the reboot that's a fucking great soundtrack yeah daft punk's Score on that. I still listen to it to this day, but that's not a soundtrack that he's talking about. Yeah, I think that's more of a
0: score, right? So that is one hundred percent a score. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think Forrest Gump might be the last one I owned. Wow, it was good, but it was it's an all churning of old hits. Right, it's two. It's a two CD or yeah, it's two CD. It was like during that two. I was in a two CD craze. I had all kinds of double CDs, like a bigger prestige. Like this one's a double disc. (laughs) I had a bunch, man. I love those for a short time, and then eventually, just oh, yeah. the big. It's in even bulkier packaging. It's like oh, right. this is a pain in the ass. Yeah, foot. Wow, fucking Thrillist
0: has Footloose at fifty out of their top fifty, and that's fucking ridiculous. Well, who's there in number one? They're like one. Breakfast they or- Their one is Purple Rain. Oh shit! Oh See, yeah. See, but that—that's different. It's- was that made for the movie, or was, yeah. were those songs made separately? I don't know.
1: Purple Rain to me exists outside of the movie. Yeah, it feels like right. It's that's a I think a mm. you know a horse of a different color. Um, but I mean, yeah. it, you know, you could make the obviously the case they and they are, uh, and I bet you a bunch could differ from us. But yeah, Purple Rain's something. It's a different animal. I don't think it counts as a full soundtrack because it
0: doesn't include the times songs and it doesn't include uh apollonia songs vanity Six's songs or vanity songs so to me it isn't a full soundtrack it's songs from the soundtrack but it's not the full soundtrack so i think i would ding it for the technicality of that
1: um yeah what what else does thrill list have help from the beatles
0: okay um but i feel like that wasn't created for the movie right yeah
1: um, I don't Curtis, know that for a fact. You know the Beatles better than I do, but that's always yeah, existed outside no, of as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like Hard Day's Night, that the music wasn't composed for the movie; it was composed ahead of time. Um, Curtis Mayfield, Superfly. I only know one song off that. So yeah, me too. Pusher Man. So I don't know. It's a great song. Um, huh? It is. Uh, they also have Train Dazed and Confused, but that's a collection that doesn't count. Yeah, not for what 90. Tim is asking for.
1: Yeah, right. it's, it's a great soundtrack, but it's
0: yeah, Train Spotting. Also pretty much a collection. Oh, yeah. Saturday Night Fever. That was made for the
1: movie for sure. Okay. I mean, there's yeah. the, what, you know two what? songs on it well, that I, I like, like? Oh, okay. I'd have to see the track list, to be honest, but I can only think Fair. of, like, two off the top of my head. Yeah.
0: Staying Alive, How Deep Is Your Love, More Than a Woman. There's a bunch of them.
1: Two out of three head. ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. As, it's a It's
0: a double record. I bought it when I first got my uh, Oh really? There. Yeah, it's I a double record. There's a lot of songs on that soundtrack. Um Rushmore? Okay. Were the songs made for that movie? I don't think so. I don't so. feel like they were, right? The Faces? No, they certainly wasn't. The Faces were on there. Uh The Graduate is interesting cuz Simon and Garfunkel were making movie f- were making that the songs one of the a couple of the songs are for the movie, but the, the other songs they would already kind of written.
1: So, yeah, yeah, okay. I have to take your word on that. I don't know. Pulp fiction collection of, I mean, it introduced us to a bunch of music that we had never heard. True, very true. Um, Above the Rim, Hmm.
0: oh, oh, brother, where art thou? But that's all pre written music because those are all standards from Bluegrass, a lot of them are well, gospel. So it doesn't really count, I
1: think. But The uh, Man of Constant Sorrow, I believe, is an original. That's an original, right.
0: But like I'll Fly Away, Down to the River to Pray, Mm. uh, Oh, Death. Those are old old ones. Um, Shaft. Oh, Shaft.
1: Maybe Isaac Hayes' soundtrack for Shaft. Maybe. I mean, I know the one song off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Goodfellas. Eh. Once again, a collection of. It is a collection. You're right. Of movie, you know, songs from the forties, fifties, and sixties. Do the right thing. That's a good soundtrack. Okay, those are all new songs, that's
0: for sure. But I, I don't know if "Fight the Power" was written ahead of time or not. So, um, "American Graffiti." That graffiti. That's a double, double one. But that's also a compilation, as you said. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, dude. I Clueless, mean, Wild Style. Because anyway, your go-
1: biggest ones would be like Titanic. Because My Heart Will Go On. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Kiss from a Rose for Batman Forever. Right. But then the rest of that, I don't know a single other song from that soundtrack, to be honest.
0: Yeah, Kiss from a Rose, Batman Forever, it has about four good songs on it. Okay. There's, there's a great Everything But the Girl, Hunter Plays the Game song. There's a I think there's a Massive Attack song on there as well. And then one other one. Is there really? I think yeah i think i think, I think massive
1: attack was around at that point I, I don't know their timeline but in my head it's like <laughs> early 2000s is when they came into my world view let's
0: let's take a look man because i think uh i think there's before uh, and then
1: what are, and pretty in pink is a fucking great soundtrack from the. i think that's the best of all yeah th- i think there's a bunch views. of 80s yeah your breakfast clubs your fast times at ridgemont high your
0: yeah fast uh, times is good that's true uh Yeah, so Batman Forever has a Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me from U2, which I think is good.
1: It's not. Um. <laughs> I literally listened to it the other day. Because of, you know, Settle the Score, I've gone through. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I have gone through so many movies. Like, dude, good luck finding a song from Wolf of Wall Street. And in the IMDb credits, there's like 50. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit! But wow. it, uh, that's a, that's hyperbole, a But movie. I'd say there's twenty five. Yeah. I legitimately say there's twenty five. But they yeah. all play for like three seconds here in the background for seven seconds there. This twenty seven second interstitial, or like when they're you know the camera is passing through the office, and you're like, that can't you can't use that shit. <laughs> it's a great soundtrack, but it's like yeah. I don't think that shit counts.
0: Okay, PJ Harvey, one time too many. For which. Uh, for this is Batman Forever. Okay. Hunter gets captured by the game that is Tracy Thorne, but it's with Massive Attack. So Massive Attack is on the soundtrack with Tracy Horn. Right? Nice, nice pull. Yeah. it's I, I like Tracy Thorne. She's the lead singer of a group, Everything But The Girl. And I've been a fan of theirs for decades before they went into the dance shit with Missing. Before that, they had done some music that I really like. And so hearing her voice with Massive Attack, and she did three songs with Massive Attack. Um, uh, and the other two were on an album for the Massive Attack. So she's great. Maisie Starr's on this. The Offspring's in this. Nick Cave is in this. Yeah. Soundtrack? Wow. All right. A rare Michael Hutchins appearance as a solo artist. And the Flaming Lips.
1: All right. So that's Batman Forever. That is Batman Forever. What was the last one you purchased? Soundtrack or scores? Soundtrack. <sighs> it's been a bit, man. I used I it doesn't have music. to be physical media. I think, once again, Forrest Gump might be the last one that I've made <laughs> Pulp Fiction, but I don't remember owning. Probably Old Brother. Probably okay. Old Brother on CD. Yeah.
0: As far as scores, uh, if Tron Legacy counts, then Tron Legacy was... Oh, yeah. no, Man of Steel. Man of Steel was my last one that I purchased in terms of scores. I okay. love that Hans Zimmer score. Love it's it. Good score. Steel. Yeah. But his initial question, I don't think... I think what's happening is that we're getting incredible composers that are that – are, how can I say this correctly? There's more movies coming out, so there's more opportunities for us to discover incredible composers. So naturally, there's not just going to be three or four that we focus on like we've had in decades past. So I think that there's actually more composers of greater quality than there have been in the past because they're getting more opportunities – yeah. To show how great the quality is uh, with different types of films uh, with all kinds of original content being out there even the tv shows you know are are and you can some great stuff
1: ping around from all kinds of different because so many different things get greenlit yes abstract ideas or this crazy comedy or whatever else you can kind of like bounce around and do yes a whole bunch of different things right um oh i never thought of such and such for this kind of drama and just like right. uh, they were perfect yeah. um but because of the generation of so much content wow. and TV not being the, you know, bastard stepchild of entertainment, mass entertainment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good point. All right. Well, I think uh, yeah, that's a solid opening. So thank you, Tim Williams. We appreciate you, the question. All right, let's move on. Thank
0: you, Tim. Uh, let's see where are we at here. And the next one is from the Chapman family. Hey, uh, John and Matt, hope you are both. Well, as we enter our nine millionth day of the lockdown here in Melbourne, another Australian, mm. I wanted to give you an update on my friend Josh Smith and his American football adventure. All right. Josh will play his first official game for Kent State University on September 4th versus Texas A&M. Hope you'll both check it out. We certainly will be down here. Cheers and stay safe. Cam Chapman. P.S. Link below for Josh's profile at Kent State University. Didn't we? Uh, Didn't Well, this is September 4th. He tweeted four, so us. He yeah. tweeted us. Yeah. He told us that. He had become what uh, player of the week or something like that. So
1: on opening week, I believe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was right around the beginning of September. We got that from. Him. We both were like, "Oh, they do that it is awesome."
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's the sometimes the backlog on. Yeah, because uh, we, you know, we'll do w- some shows one question, other shows three questions, four questions. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're a month behind on this one, but we hope he's doing well. I I haven't checked in since that first uh, game because I'm a little lapse on my uh, Kent State football following. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't pop up on my radar. And that is not me slagging off on Kent State. A little bit. bit, I I don't follow any college football.
0: (laughs) That's true. You don't follow any college football.
1: I stopped watching all college sports by and large. I watched like the really huge games. Yes, Yes, yes. But I don't care because it just looks like a sloppy product to me. Yeah. Um, Maybe now with these kids officially getting paid above board. uh, They're making some money. They are making some money. Yeah. I don't know if uh, the figures are still holding, but it was speculative Mm. that – who was it? Uh, Is it Kiffin that was talking about Alabama's quarterback in the offseason saying, look, I think he's going to make a million this year. Yeah. Um,
0: Woof, daddy, a million.
1: Yeah, with sponsorship as an 18-year-old. Hasn't played a snap. Yeah. Uh, that's just how lucrative now certain schools have a tremendous advantage. Hmm. And uh, Kent State can still put it together. So we're pulling for Kent State. They're one in three right now, Kent State. Uh, tough,
0: tough schedule. They scheduled two ranked opponents in their first four games. So rough start to the season 41 to they? 10. They lost to Texas AM, m was coached by Jimbo Fisher, former uh, FSU coach and uh, national champion with FSU. He's uh, 41 to 10. But in that game, Josh averaged 41. Uh, he punted eight times. Never a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> for an average of 40.2 yards. Uh, huh? But then then they won their next game, though. Um, they destroyed um, VMI. I think it was like 60 to 7 or something like that. And Josh kicked once for 44 yards. So shout out to that your offense, but then they played yeah. Iowa and got decimated by Iowa, who's ranked number five at the time, but he punted seven times for an average of 31.6 yards and then punted three times in the game after that when they lost to Maryland, I think 37 to 16, and he yeah, punted got a three Big
1: times. 10 heavy schedule here. Yeah,
0: very big 10 heavy schedule for sure. So, um, but yeah, he played, you see, prior to Kent State, Aussie Punter trained at Pro Kick Australia and he played Australian Rules football for 15 years. So, shout out to... the Shout out to Josh Smith. Um, yeah. Good luck
1: to you. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to know what the average punt length so far in college football, because that 40 in the first game is like, you're booting the ball. Yeah. I think that's why he was player of the week or whatever. It had to be. Just like, you're crushing it. Your punting is the only thing that's stopping them from racking up 70 points today. Yeah. <laughs> just because you're slowing them down because they have to chunk out an extra 20 to 30 yards every time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so god bless you you saved us a lot of face that's my guess I didn't see the game 8 punts is a lot of fucking punts for one game that's a lot for of one game, punts that's a lot of fucking punts a lot of
0: 3 and outs man that's a lot of 3 and outs
1: uh, that look like uh, <laughs> the stat sheet from uh, Justin Fields first game uh, <laughs> oh punts, lord but, hey that we got six tough. yards on this one who with sacks it's back to zero uh it was it's fine though i yeah i still think we're gonna be roughly about what we were which is seven and ten eight and nine i think you really think that with I it, genuinely the only thing okay. that kills me about this is the um the lapses in our secondary is uncharacteristic for us and we've had a couple times where we're like yeah. what what's going on guys yeah i'm not mad yet i'm just confused because the defense is we're always good on defense right right um yes i was surprised by the game yeah
0: but then again i mean like do you think it's time for nagy do you think it's time to go
1: quite possibly okay i i don't know who specifically is out there just yet yeah that's a good point who is out there man i know um every once and again there's somebody that you can look at like a coordinator or whatnot and be like that dude would be good for us but yeah uh it's almost like the list of names you hear percolating up. That's when I find out about any of that stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not like I come into it going, you know who'd be good is such and such. Because I also don't know all the assistant coaches' names across all the different fucking teams. That's a good um, point. Yeah. But but quite possibly, sure. Um, I think Dalt needs to come back and start again. Dalt, you do? Okay. I it's would rather early. I would rather Fields. like, listen, we're gonna use you. Bring you in more and more and more, but get you up to game speed. Right. This game moves a lot quicker. Otherwise, I mean, you hope he'd end up like a Peyton Manning where the first season is what Josh Lawrence looks like he's going through. Throwing a lot of picks. It's not going well. Right. Um, Who knows how much help you have around you, although Peyton's, I think, was worse. I agree. I think Peyton's was much worse. Yeah.
0: Well, they're already looking at his hand. That's the scary part they're already looking at feels his hand oh, like i had doing. not heard that yeah i read that this morning and because i was setting my fantasy lineups this morning and that apparently they did it x-rays on his hand to see what was going on with his hand and see if he's going to start on sunday or not fucking so, f- that's scary
1: fantasy last week i would have beat everybody except the guy i was playing by 20 or 25 points minimum <laughs> i think a couple people i would have beaten by 60 or 65 yep yeah. Yep. and i lost by 15. We both had monster days and i lost by 15. Yeah, that always sucks, man. Tip my cap to him. Um I won't say who it is, but uh every year i kick this person's ass twice in a season. So when he <laughs> beats me by that much, you're like, "Good for you. This year, i genuinely do think you got a good team." You know what? Good for you. Fast 5, 6, just like you were drafting blind, he would check out of the draft early and be like, "Hey, just pick me up a defense and kicker and something else. I don't know what i need." And he would leave the <laughs> live draft Um, Good for you, Spider. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he does it just to have the camaraderie because it's all oh, of course. a group of friends. Yeah, it's fun. And, okay, he wants to win, but he doesn't give a shit at the same time. Just right, like, I, right. I like doing the live draft and then we talk shit on a text thread during the season. Why wouldn't you, man? It's fun.
0: Yeah. Um, not a, but, a, a, we usually play, We usually have two, two leagues that we do with my friends, but the COVID thing has kind of turned them off. So I had to go and sign up for Yahoo. And so I joined eight leagues in Yahoo fantasy football. And it's kind of nice when you win the first, the second weekend, I won seven out of eight. And then this weekend I lost five out of eight. So it's just the balance. But that being said, I mean, I'm loving it this year. Whereas last year I was really not into it this year. I'm super into it. So I'm I'm enjoying what's
1: happening. Uh, Last year was the most bitter pill. Yeah. I I crushed the league, and I lost in the finals. Oh, really? I was four games above number two. I had scored. I had almost doubled last place's score. I just got lucky. on. uh, So I really liked Alvin Cook and going to the draft, and I drafted like seventh position. I got him, and then I ended up with uh, Jones from Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, a couple other guys. Justin Jefferson. I was like, you know what? I like oh, him. He yeah. should end up as the number two in Minnesota yeah. type of thing. And he ended up becoming basically the number one. I lucked yep. out there. I liked him. I drafted him. But right, right, right. Um, I didn't think he was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd be solid. I was like, I think he ended up getting me eight to nine points consistently. And that's sure. I want to get the double digits. I want every player just consistently to give me 10 points or better. Right. Uh, my defense is the only thing I'm really struggling on right now.
0: Yeah, I took the Redskins defense, and I
1: am eating shit oh, for it right now. Just... I drafted Baltimore and Pittsburgh, oh. thinking one of the two of them would go off, and they both yeah. been dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough, dude. Ugh, I hear you, man. But what are you going to do? Sometimes hey. you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, it's about I tip my cap to that guy last week, and I texted him. I was like, congratulations, you kicked the- – I mean, you beat me up. <laughs>
0: kicked the shit out of me you
1: did Boy, there's nothing you can say when you're looking at of the course. whole time it's just like my dudes doing great his is doing just that much better <laughs> like I've got Herbert he has Josh oh, Allen
0: yeah Justin Herbert
1: yeah they both had four TD days it's just like yep. okay I didn't make up any ground there again um, I'd
0: like to point out I picked the Herbert thing I had a feeling
1: about that guy so I had I a feeling um, I don't no, watch
0: on, college, on our game but... time show what before last season? Oh, yeah. Like when he was drafted, I was, I said, this guy is going to make the easiest transition into the NFL. Just because I'd seen the games with Oregon and I was like, this kid can play. Like he gets it. Well, you watch quarterbacks from Bama or fucking Oklahoma and you go, they're just doing this because it's a smaller ball and it's college. But they're not going to be able to transfer these skills against faster defenders, against men and faster defenders who are coming through the line, they're going to be scared. Mm-hmm. But Herbert was really calm, and he played all four years at Oregon. So I just had a feeling about a kid like that. Running me a little bit of Duncan, he had that kind of composure. So yeah. when he came in for Terah Taylor last year, I wasn't surprised to see. They weren't winning games, but they were only losing games by like three to five points. So that means that kid knows how to keep that. And then when they beat the Chiefs, I wasn't surprised one bit that they beat the uh, Chiefs. The
1: Chiefs beat seems so arrogant this year. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they kind of got a little bit of the Patriots disease. It's it just the, we know we're better. He's like, yeah. well, then you need to stop, wait until the end of the fourth quarter to prove it. Yeah, we're, we're going to flip the switch when we feel like it. No, nope, that's it not how it works. It doesn't work in the NFL like that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. well, good luck to yes, your boy, yeah. uh, Cam. We hope he's doing well. Um, yeah. Keep those punting averages up. And Come on, uh, give
0: us progress reports Absolutely, give us progress reports, tweet at us We like seeing that for sure
1: um, Alright, where, are we good? I think we're good, are
0: we good? We're at uh, 25 minutes, you want to do one more?
1: Uh, sure, let's do okay. one more So we'll skip that one, go to the next Okay, go ahead brother uh, This comes from Chris Lemke and says What's up guys? Oh, uh, I de- I know this is less Nost's bag But we are getting back To a really exciting time in professional wrestling Hey. Uh, I grew up with it in the 80s, got sucked back in during the Monday Night Wars and was off and on or was off. And for a while, until some of my good friends started to become pretty reputable pro wrestling reporters. Now we get together every year and go to a few big shows and WrestleManias. I honestly don't have any real time to watch the weekly program, so it's always just reading recaps. I do love going to the shows and have been to some awesome ones, including Punk's comeback in Chicago. That's awesome. Do you have any really fond memories of wrestling? And John, what are your most what are you most looking forward to with this new era? The best there is was and ever will be <laughs> Lemke.
0: Fond memories of wrestling, sure. I mean, just the nineties as a whole as a decade. That was just a great time to see wrestling change from what it was with the characters that I grew up on in the eighties. And then seeing it change along with my age. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the the people who were in their 20s, when I was in my 20s in the 90s, mm-hmm. we are the ones that wanted something else, something real from wrestling. Uh, it wanted, we wanted it to progress past characters, which is why I had stopped watching in the late 80s, early 90s. Because I was like, this all just fucking Tatanka and shit. I'm like, this, I can't get into this. Um, And then all of a sudden Hogan turned heel and even Hogan in WCW like initially was on. And then I was like, ah, it's the same shit, red and yellow. I've seen it already. And when Hogan turned heel, everything changed. And in that moment, you got to see that the anti hero was actually what was interesting. And it was reflected in our movies as well in our culture. The Sopranos aren't that isn't that far away. The wire True. isn't that far away. So this idea of anti-heroes, and you see it in pro, in, in pro wrestling really kind of and people won't give it its credit, but it kind of broke ground on that. It It showed you that you could cheer for someone and understand why they're a heel or understand why they're a face or understand why they do some nefarious things or why they do some questionable things when they're supposed to be a good guy. Because the overall goal is to just to keep evil at bay, you know, and so you yeah. see that, and it's up to you to decide. So I love that, and seeing the the Monday Night Wars is is, is the second coming of wrestling. Like the golden era is the '80s, the second coming is the uh, Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars. And then it was, you know, it was it's been fun to see women's wrestling kind of blow up recently. That's been great. Okay. And it's been great to see all these great athletes doing their thing. And now what I look for is healthy competition between AEW and WWE, motivating better matches, better characters, new athletes to step forward who you didn't think would step forward, new stars to come forward, and innovation to happen now for this era of professional wrestling. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: That was a well thought out uh, answer. I only know the '80s and then, fair enough. um, Like, see the promos for what was upcoming. I remember when Hogan went to bad, but I didn't watch at that point. (laughs) And Sting started dressing like the Crow, but I didn't watch it. I just knew it existed, right? Uh, And then everything that's happening now. I have heard about the CM Punk coming back, but at the same time, I've never watched him wrestle a single second. Oh, really? Okay, okay, yeah. I know the name just because it's so unique of course uh yeah, it was all 80s for me so everything that had to do i mean it was so jacked to see no holds barred oh so jacked that film i love the 80s right that was at the very tail end of it for me basically Yeah, yeah yeah um but that film woof. yeah no it's not good but i was excited to see it I love the Saturday morning cartoon. I was a huge fan of that. Oh, yeah. Rock and roll. Uh, yeah. Rock and wrestling. Yeah. Captain Lou pop up in Cindy Lauper videos. Loved it. <laughs> all the pop culture stuff. Uh, yeah. It was great. I still remember being crushed when I found out uh, that it was all fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Right. That's the day Just, you wake up.
1: Yeah. Utterly crushed. And like, oh, it's not fake. It's Santa day.
0: Like, yes. it's the day you realize Santa's fake.
1: Yeah, but the difference there is my brother killed the idea of Santa Claus, whereas my parents killed the idea of wrestling. It destroyed my brother and I. So I suffered it alone in the Santa, at least in wrestling, we suffered together. You know, my dad, you know, my dad didn't know. Because, you know, obviously
0: my dad they didn't they didn't have necessarily strong pro wrestling stuff. Although they do have it in South America. My dad wasn't his it wasn't his deal. So when he came to America, and he saw, and and when I was born, and, and as I got older, started watching the stuff. My dad didn't know it was fake, right? He didn't understand like some of this. And mm-hmm. I remember we watched. uh I know we got to wrap up. We watched that WrestleMania 2 and or uh, sorry, uh, a set. I think it was a Friday Night's main event or something like that. And H- and King Kong Bundy was splashing Hogan so much that this welt appeared on Hogan's stomach, like right in his diaphragm area. And my father got sick. He was just like, "Why?" He goes. This is dis- I can't, and he almost threw up in the bathroom. And he never watched professional wrestling again. He used to watch with me for shits and giggles, and it was like, but he, uh, you know, but then he would like when he saw that, it was like that was the end for him. So I had the luxury of my father not knowing it was real or not. And then when I was fourteen or fifteen or or maybe earlier, thirteen or twelve is when I was told that it was fake, it wasn't real. And yeah, it's mm. that's the Santa Claus day. You're just like, what? What? No, you know,
1: yeah, um, but. Anyway, yep. I think I think he reached out to us leaving a WrestleMania, like he was on a live show or something. Oh,
0: that's awesome! Watching
1: along on YouTube. Cool. Well, there you go. Uh, all
0: right. Well, uh, thank you to everyone who sent in questions here for topic Thunder. We appreciate it madly. Always fun to catch up with you all and hear your thoughts and qu- and uh, points of views. Thank you to Tim Williams. Thank you to Chapman family. Thank you to Lemke Machine Gun Lemke for sending those in. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Matt, what do we have to tell him? please follow the show on Twitter at top 10 show and on Instagram and YouTube. It is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. You can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of topic thunder.